Hello, good people, and welcome to the Amateur Hour. My name is Justin. My name's Tyler. I'm the one called Junior. And today's sponsors are EBXY and Adam Stone. So we are back for another following episode. This would be releasing either Christmas Day or this Christmas weekend. So Merry Christmas to all of you individuals out there. I hope you got a very special gift and I hope all of your Christmases went well. That everyone stood nice and healthy social distance at least properly right and uh i hope yeah you guys got the gifts that you wanted and i hope that you also had the uh the family gathering that you wanted uh with a certain amount of people of course but with that said uh, i think it was worth uh, explaining as to why i was Uploading so late. Why we we were essentially ups- uploading so late? Well, I normally edit the podcasts, so I, you know, I do want to send out an apology in advance. Um, I had a lot of schoolwork, so <laughs> end of semester things. I mean, um, I'm sure this is something that uh, Austi and uh, Junior over here. Don't have to worry about, but uh, you know, I, I had to finish up, you know, stuff for my uh, college semester. I'm, I'm towards the end. I'm heading into senior territory for my college, so I had to make sure I focus and uh, keep that honor roll, of which I did. So it's fantastic. But with that said, I mean, college, right? Have you? Do you guys miss it? I know Junior over here's graduated. Austin's graduated. No, um, I can't say I miss it. <laughs> yeah, well, I miss the people. I don't miss all of the schoolwork. That's for sure. Now, do you guys feel like besides the classes that were made for your uh, degree? Do you feel like you're using any others? You know, any of the other like skills? that college kind of forces you to take <laughs> like their history and like you know how you're required those uh particular certain uh amount the, of credits the gen eds. yeah the gen education yeah i can't you know i can't say i've had like a history course i did take a lot of psychology classes and i, I hated those those seemed kind of pointless to me really it's like yeah i get it you question everything <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mm. I thought my I'd taken a few psychology courses and I thought it was fun. <laughs> I don't know, maybe that's just the uh, psychology in me because my mother is studying psychology as well. Um, I think it depends on the teacher a lot. Psychology can be devil if you have a really bad teacher. Yeah, I can. <laughs> I had a really fun, relaxing teacher, so. <laughs> I think that's mm-hmm. what made it like to put in perspective. I believe I received it was either a high B or an low A in that class, and I did it. I didn't study for anything. I just literally would show up for the class and just listen. And I retained a lot of information, and I kind of use some of the tactics today <laughs> um, when it comes <laughs> to psychology. But uh, I just always felt like the lessons were the same lesson, just 
wrapped a different way. You know what? That because kind of... It's... Go ahead, go ahead. Well, I'm just saying it's always mainly about um, counterpoints or like a counter-argument or something. So like you're just constantly arguing against a topic you or an idea you come up with. And it's like, yeah, man, I get it. <laughs> right. That reminds me of like uh, ethics. I don't know if you've ever taken like an ethics class. but oh, yeah. yeah, I think I had to. Yeah, my, my professor, a lot of times she would make us uh, do a lot of like, like what you're saying, like counterpoints, like where we have to say, right, not just what's right or wrong, but like we had to play devil's advocate every once in a while. And uh, I thought that was interesting-ish, but it, I don't know. It didn't really do it for me. Well, yeah, so, like, for me, I'm surprised you didn't have any history uh, courses that you required. I have, like, math, English, history, and even sciences uh, required for me. So that's kind of sad <laughs> i feel like that's like high school stuff you know you get into high school you you learn all the same subjects and then that's you know i i don't know i guess they're basic necessities but i don't see how like i'm i don't think in the real world besides like math and certain aspects of math that i'll be using um yeah, I don't know. What what so how would how do you feel about all that, uh Austin? Do you feel like your gen eds helped you now in your actual career? Well, I feel like I think the whole point of gen eds is just to teach to help you narrow down what you eventually want to study like when i got to college i had no clue what i was gonna study i was like maybe i'll be do history maybe i'll do accounting uh at one point i was like hey maybe maybe i'll be an overachiever maybe i'll be a doctor and like slowly but surely i weeded all of the other options out besides an accountant just by taking I took chemistry my second semester and i wanted to kill myself uh <laughs> Took uh, oh, I I took some history classes and they were fun and it was it was neck and neck for a while but I was like it's just when you live in the state I live in with history degrees really don't don't do that great in the financial department and I liked it just as much as I liked accounting so that's how I ended up doing accounting but terms of using the stuff i learned uh i would say i don't necessarily use them specifically but the skills i uh obtained while taking those classes i use on a regular basis just trying to be well-rounded overall is basically what i learned from all those gen eds i mean uh that's fairly interesting i mean Junior, did you did you know going into college what you wanted to study? <clears throat> well, a quick correction. I, I I was speaking about philosophy and not psychology. Psychology oh. is decent. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> two P's and the you know the two P's and G or something. Yeah, that's I way off. I was like <laughs> when I was trying to think about. I was like question. I was like I know they teach you to question some stuff, but like. I don't know. I was like, that's more ethics or something. Yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> then like skipped them ahead. Um, but 
I don't know. I just knew I was going to do some sort of engineering. <clears throat> but, oh, man. <laughs> what is in my throat? <laughs> but, yeah, I knew it was going to be some sort of engineering. I originally did mechanical, but one of the first-year courses is just kind of like an all-arounder class. And we did some coding with uh, the Lego Mindstorm. And I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. So then I just ended up doing electrical. Had I known electrical engineering and computer engineering were so like tightly wound in um, at Purdue Northwest, I, I could have double majored easily. But really, it's another story. Yeah, I think I'm like six credits away or something. No, dude. You should just go and take. I, I a kind of, yeah. Well, you... the thing is, they're starting to change it a lot more now. So courses are changing names. The, the like plan of study um, is changing a little bit. So mm. I feel like it might be adding up now at this point. Oh, but I wasted my time with like the honors college there, and I was just like, damn it. That's where I had a bunch of philosophy classes was for the honors college because you have to take like a couple, um, like maybe four courses for that throughout your time at, at uh, Purdue. That's and then you insane. had to like participate in different things to get like just different honors college credits. And it's just like, nah, I should have focused on double majoring and then trying to be in honors college. You know, what always confused me is I don't know if it's the same at your guys' college, but at my college, if you got honors, if you got an honors scholarship, like they had a specific scholarship, uh, you had to take harder classes for your gen eds. Like they made you take harder classes that were like basically double the work. And to me, that makes that makes no sense. Why would you make it harder for somebody if they did better in high school? Like what, especially for gen ed? Why does they need harder gen eds? Like that doesn't make any sense to me. I've got to challenge that brain, man. Yeah, I was like, maybe <laughs> to try and like further your deepen your knowledge, so to speak. <laughs> I, yeah, I guess, but like that's just I don't know. Like, I, I'm not trying to do really good in college just for the or high school <laughs> just for them to be like, yo, we're gonna make it twice as hard for you in college now because <laughs> you were that good. I mean, I I agree with the sentiment though. Like, uh, I mean, see here, here's the thing. I'll say I got lucky, right? Because in high school. I was a C student, so like, <laughs> I didn't have to really worry about having to take, uh, I guess, essentially harder classes. I think for me, because a lot of times, in, at least in mine and juniors high school, it was just like, I don't know, I didn't feel like I learned anything, <laughs> if I'm being honest. And not just because, like, right, like I was a C student, that didn't mean I didn't necessarily pay attention I don't know, we just didn't have professors that really, or teachers, that really pushed thought or tried to have fun while teaching you. It was just a lot, it was too repetitive for me, so I didn't really learn much. And when things become repetitive and they're fairly simple, like my brain, it'll start to just shut off. Like, so, <laughs> um, I was taking a children's literature class, and... um I was becoming quite good at it. <laughs> I mean, I know I ended with the, a higher B, but like, so when I was taking that class, I was starting to understand the concept of the class and like the, how would you say, the, 
how we were to analyze children's books and stuff. And I started, I don't know, I started really understanding it. And, like, it was sort of the same format when it came to, like, homework assignments and essays that we had to write. And I was, I was, it was kind of, it sucked because I was then starting to get bored of it. And when I get bored of classes, like then, then that's where we have a problem with our grade because then it's like, I have a lack of motivation to do the class because for me, it's too easy and pointless. <laughs> like it's weird. My brain is super weird. Um, but that's how I was in like high school and I, and I still am like that in college. I don't know. Were you guys ever like that? If I had a, for me to get interest in a class, I had to be, I had to be challenged a little bit. Cause I mean, I, when I was in high school, uh, honestly, the classes I remember the most were, um, were classes that either I struggled in at first and realized I couldn't just go show up. Uh, school and just like BS my way through classes. I would remember those more and the classes that were taught by like the basketball or baseball coaches just because they were so relaxed and funny and like um, have a lot of fun in there. But for me, like when I got to college, especially if the class wasn't, if I didn't have like an oh, oh shit moment. In like the first couple weeks of the semester, where I was like, "Uh, wait a minute, I'm I need to actually pay attention to this stuff. I can't just, just like, like there was a class, for example, I took business law one, and that was a class where I like don't remember really anything at all from it because it was like I would just show up, take the test, and it was like common sense, like, oh, you can't steal somebody's idea." and say it's your own like that's pretty basic stuff um if a class challenged me i remember a whole lot more from it and i would like try actually try um i i agree with you i, th I think if you have a little bit of a challenge it doesn't have to go too crazy, but if you they challenge you just a little bit i think you just remember three five times more yeah, yeah, I think I could, I think I could agree with that. I, I want to say the, the courses that were a little more challenging were typically stressful, but I'm like, oh, you know what? I got something out of that. But then besides that, the I had some simple courses that were still pretty fun because we were messing with like microcontrollers and all that. So that was pretty mm -hmm. cool. Yeah, but the um, challenging classes that are fun. I remember that I, I did want to do accounting at first also, but then I think my mom was like, nah, you're going to do engineering. So then that's when I kind of was like, ah, fine. It's kind of cool. <laughs> hey, man. Um, hey, mothers know, though, right? Like, they know what you're good at, and they know what you're is. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's a mother's intuition, right? Like, they know you. Like, my mother, for me... Like, she knew I was good at business. And she's like, hey, uh, <laughs> like, when I was taking my business courses at, um, uh, was it Hanover? Which is, I mean, they weren't too difficult, right? Like, now that kind of, what Austin was saying earlier when they were taught by coaches and stuff, wasn't ours taught by, like, uh, the coach of our football team? Because <laughs> we both had Mr. Harrison, right? Me yeah. Yeah. 
So like in those were really a lot of the business classes. His him and Miss Demon were the business classes that I was really introduced to. And those were actually the highest grades that I, I was receiving at the time, like it were A A and B classes. And it was actually because I found a lot of the stuff interesting for me. It was like uh I don't know. So then my mother kind of seen that I'd taken a liking to it and she's like, Well, uh you, you probably you like business, don't you? And I was like, uh, I think. <laughs> and sure enough, it then factored into business and then became business and media. And then it was like, all right, well, I need to narrow this down. And I started taking an interest to the creation of films and how films were created. And um I kind of wanted to be a part of that and in charge of that in some sort of magnitude. And I got lucky because um, then I found out what a producer was and what a creative producer was. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is what I want to do. It was like a mixture of business and being creative at the same time and and working with others. Like that's one of the biggest parts about me is like I like to work um cooperatively to complete something whether it's a video game or even real life I like working together Mm -hmm. and then uh, that's where my love for producing came from and now we're this far junior though I could really sympathize with that uh, with that double major so like right now for me I could have had so before I transferred over to uh, Columbia College, Chicago, I was going to a community college by the name of Ivy Tech. And in that college, I was actually four classes away from getting my associates in business administration. <laughs> and then I was accepted into Columbia, and I was like, well, screw this. I don't want to, I'm out. I want Columbia. I want my dream college. Right when I did that, then I also uh, was two classes away from finishing my voiceover minor of which I have to, I I can't finish it unfortunately because I have to, in order to graduate on time next year, I can't add any more classes. So that kind of sucked, but uh, what what can you do? Right. I mean, I, I suggest junior, if you could have the chance, still look into it and try and finish some six classes. I mean, Hey, just take one, or two in the summer or something? Eh, it's it's Purdue Northwest, <laughs> so it's not like there's not too many courses offered during the summer. I would, but Really? Yeah, it's a little harder. That sucks. They kinda they kinda have their set times. Like if they're more of like um sophomore level classes, they tend to be around like nine. And then as it progresses, they actually get later in the day, but yeah, one of, I think a couple of them are sophomore-ish classes, and then the other ones kind of get later towards the day. But yeah, it kind of definitely ruins the schedule a little bit. I mean, you, at least you are uh, in your your career, right? So, I mean, hey, you know what? Really, there's not too much complaining. <laughs> and you did really good. Did you go into the Honor Society, Junior? Or, like, did you graduate with the... Sh- the sash and everything um i had the ropes no oh, the cords yeah the cords yeah 
had those. Um, I didn't finish honors college. You needed to do like a thesis, all that. I was like, oh, I don't really feel like doing that. I don't like writing papers. Um, you can have hard on the honors kid. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that was, I don't, I think there was like a academic notoriety and then like a distinguished one. And I want to say I wasn't distinguished, but I was like, um, the step below that. Yeah. Cause I could imagine you were getting some fairly good grades. Like I remember, um, how dedicated you were to took school <laughs> you'd be like yeah i can't really do much guys can't really hang out whatever i got to college i'm like yeah it's understandable <laughs> like uh i was the i was the same way for to an extent so i mean hey i mean that's wonderful to hear that you've had that i'm trying to get my honors cord and honor sash but um i have to talk with my guidance counselor and see uh pretty soon so I got to figure that out. What about you, uh, Austy? Did you, because I know, at least I'm under the assumption that you've had uh, some solid grades. Uh, I graduated uh, with, is it cum laude or whatever? It's summa cum laude. I graduated with like the second highest uh, GPA honors you can get. Um, I... I got, uh, I had cords. I, I was like something, I graduated with some kind of honors for having like a certain scholarship. Um, but I, I did not, I didn't go too crazy. I was, I did a lot while I was in college. I did, I was in a fraternity and, uh, there was a lot going on with that. And did they put stuff up your butt, man? <laughs> did not, they did not put anything in my rear. Thankfully, if they had tried to do that, I would not have been in a fraternity. That's for dang sure. That's what I don't um, get. How can someone join a frat and want to be in it so bad <laughs> that they'll just let themselves be hazed? <laughs> like yeah. I've heard stories about how um, the newbies in this one frat, um, like the senior people, will turn off all the lights, bump some music, and just like whoop their asses. And it's like, <laughs> why would you want to be a part of that? I mean, if you really want to get into talking about it, I can tell you all about my experience. But I mean, uh, I have a question too with that. You know, we let, let's get into. It. I Junior's got a fair point, right? They do some uh -huh. freaky stuff. So uh, at least let me describe before you get into your experience. I do want to describe um, at least an encounter with um, someone from the frat life. <laughs> and it makes me laugh I don't know why but anyway so like I knew this girl right and how she got into her frat or whatever the heck they had um, she had to um, so like they so they crushed glass right <laughs> and then they made the newbies crawl through the glass and so like they were getting their um what's it called their arms all cut up and then they also were doing something where uh, i think it was like they had to sleep with someone while they were drunk and it was like some oh wacky stuff and long story short they were she was involved 
in a uh, court case <laughs> because of the illegal activities that this frat was having them do to join it. And I thought that was... And that's the sort of horror stories that uh, I often hear uh, from frat parties and or frat houses, essentially. Uh, mm-hmm. So tell, tell us your experience, Asti, as uh, uh, an honors frat boy. I want to know. Okay, well, uh, so first, that girl... So girls go into sororities, guys go into fraternities. Sororities nice. do some weird stuff. I'm not saying fraternities don't, but they like... like I, I've heard about you got to sleep with somebody. Like, uh, there was... There used to be a sorority on the campus that I went to. They got kicked off before I got there, but... One of their things was the new girls had to sleep with one of the new guys from one of the fraternities. And that was was interesting. Um, I missed out on that one. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, oh, my fraternity, I, we did not, I did not ever have to crawl through glass or anything like that. Uh, I, I mean, there was a little bit of hazing going on, but it wasn't anything that, like, I looked at as, like, so horrible that I couldn't, wouldn't do it. Just like, uh, you know, we had to do, we had, we had like a, we had like a book that we had to, like, it was a history of our fraternity and just a bunch of random information that they wanted us to know. And so we had like, we would have like a chapter each week and we're on like a 16 week program or something like that. So we would have to learn that chapter then Sunday, we'd meet up with, called it our Kappa. It was our new new member education leader. And we would like, we, he would quiz us on it. You get a question wrong, you have to do some for, some more punishment. So it was like, you had to do 20 push-ups or something like that. Um, <clears throat> we also, if like, he made a rule for us, like if couldn't miss class, so they would ask at the beginning how many people miss class, how many people have like a C or below in a class, you know, stuff like that. And however many hands were raised, we would like uh, exercises for that. Like one time we had a really bad week and we had to like do over 200, 110 or 220 pushups. Um, that was that was rough. Um, but there was nothing like, I mean, you, you were talking about... Uh, turning off the lights playing music and whipping whipping asses i i definitely did not get my ass whooped in the dark but i did one of the things we did do is they would uh they would turn off the lights we had uh we had blindfolds or slash called them our specs uh so we couldn't see they would turn off the lights and they would play music that was like Kind of centered around like the whole theme of the night because every Wednesday we would have like a they call it like a ritual night where it was like we would go through like form of like ritual thing that would teach us something that was important. Like one of them was uh, to like we would get our big bro a week prior and then that Wednesday it would be all about like relying on our big bro and also understanding that we're a direct reflection on our big bro and our fraternity and stuff like that. It was like, it wasn't like 
you could find meanings behind it. it wasn't stupid stuff like we're gonna make you crawl through glass just because we want you to crawl through glass like that's just stupid um but i mean we did we ended up getting in trouble and then even more trouble and we got kicked off campus my last year in college but i mean there was nothing that i could think of that really was like oh so bad um some kids had to had to do push-ups in the river and dinner time and that's what got us in trouble um but i can't i'm trying to think or anything oh there was one time that uh somebody got uh whipped with a belt because they were just so bad they just got whipped with a belt but that was their <laughs> own fault it was their own fault they they asked they they <laughs> made a stupid comment about how he was bored with the punishments we were getting. So they're like, well, okay, we'll create a new one for you. And they come <laughs> the bell. So not they no, gave not in the rear, like in the back. What the huh? freak? Yeah. Sounds like my mother's punishments. Like, <laughs> you, didn't, yeah, well, <laughs> you didn't do the laundry? Really... What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, I mean, in my opinion, none of what I, I ever I went through was necessarily like so awful that it was like something I would ever, um, like yeah, there's no way I'm doing this. It was all like exercise, push-ups, uh, wall sits, planks, um, benches, so, like all so, kinds of stuff. Like I ended up getting in good shape. So yeah, I was about to say you're just getting them gains, huh? <laughs> mm -hmm. That's how I always looked at it. Gains and pain tolerance. Uh, hey, man, at yeah. least he would come back stronger than ever because, like, uh, his mother would be like, "Hey, Austin, you're gonna get the belt." <laughs> He'd be like, "Mom, like, I'm already guy. taking the belt. Yeah. <laughs> Give it to me. Come on, I want you to do it like Joker or something." <laughs> just it's like flexing my abs. Like, come on, do it, mom. Just hit me. <laughs> <laughs> um but like what really drove you to want to join a fraternity in the first place well uh when i got into college there was uh i didn't none of my friends in high school went to the same college as me so i was like kind of on my own and there was a group of like uh like six of us on the my freshman floor we all just like instantly clicked we're all like just became friends and uh whenever i was going through freshman orientation there was this guy his name was mitch and i was i was a quiet kid i was like in our freshman orientation it's like this camp you go to and it was like kind of like to me i kind of felt like it was dumb at the time like this is kind of dumb like some of this stuff is just stupid we were screaming and yelling we had like teams and we made up chants and stuff it was i mean now i'm like awesome but before it was like this is kind of dumb you know i was like a high schooler coming in i was like yeah this is stupid i'm an adult now um but he he like just kind of left an impression on me and then i found out that he was in that fraternity and i was like oh that's kind of cool like i was i kind of thought even beforehand my sister was in a sorority at the same school so she had already told me like she thought I, it would be a really good idea because uh you meet a lot of people make a lot of connections and that's actually how i ended up getting the job i have now is through a connection through my fraternity but um 
was mainly just all my friends were uh, gonna join the same fraternity and we all just kind of like hey you know none of us want to get left behind because once you join you move on to the fraternity floor in one of the other buildings so it's like and you're there's all kinds of other stuff that they're going to be doing that you're going to miss out on and i was like my roommate my freshman year was kind of weird he would like hiss at people so i was like i want out <laughs> oh <laughs> i was like it's like yeah it was just a it was just a perfect storm and i was like yeah I, i'm definitely going so that's kind of that's kind of what led me into it and it is good i mean it ended up getting me the job i have now uh, i know a lot of people have bad views on fraternities and maybe at d1 schools it's you know a little more wild and some illegal stuff goes on but i feel like for other schools it's really really helpful because you make connections with people you get to you get to meet people you wouldn't normally meet and like you know older members will give you jobs or one of the guys you are in a fraternity with mom needs somebody to hire and you just so happen to be good friends with that guy so he puts in a good word for you and you get a job so, so it's a good form of uh, networking essentially as well yes yes i mean that's the whole point of a fraternity that's why they were made was to network and I mean, of course, the so, dumb stuff happens, but so bonds and and and, uh, and and networking are probably then you would say the top two reasons to join a fraternity. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's good to hear. It, it, maybe fraternities do have a bad rap, you know? Like uh... <laughs> oh, for sure, for sure, they do. They definitely have a bad rap. I mean, even the one I was in ended up it, we. I mean, we were pretty compared to one of these things that people think they do, and the things that these D one schools actually do. We were pretty, pretty meh. We didn't really do much of that kind of wild stuff. I mean, of course, in college fraternity, there are parties and stuff, but we never, never did anything that would endanger somebody's life. Oh. Yeah, no, uh, no butt whoopings in the dark or uh... crawling across glass. Still, like, who would do that? Or look at you and be like, are butt. you stupid? <laughs> nope, definitely not. Uh, Junior, you still kind of have me rolling, and <laughs> I was trying not to laugh, but it was super hard. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I, I mean. I just thought I agree, right? Like, <laughs> I've heard some horror stories like that, like with the free. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, there was a rumor about my fraternity that we did this thing called the elephant walk. Oh god! And basically, what it what it, what the rumor was, I'm gonna tell you right now, it was not true. I would I would have it. It was that. They got all of the new members naked, and they all were had to get in a line, and you do like keep yourself, you know, like if you're like trying to stay in a line, you know, like maybe in uh in uh like elementary school, you would like hold the hands of the person in front of oh. you, behind you, or whatever. 
Yeah. Okay, you had to hold the the elephant of the person behind you oh and uh, get old trunk. Uh, but that was not true. That was definitely not true. I can tell you right now, <laughs> Austin's not doing any of that weirdness. So, uh, Honestly, no. like, see, that sort of stuff for me sounds like some sort of frustration if you know what i mean <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it's almost like a group of guys that were frustrated in a certain sort of way i won't be too <laughs> vulgar <laughs> and we're like you know what or they were closeted in some sort of way you know it, it's like i think that wow. was just that's just such a, a rapey thing to do <laughs> like that's what fraternity sounds like to me very rapey yeah. like <laughs> Well, it's like, I I mean, it's very, if you're doing some, like, questionable stuff in that regard, like, it's just like, what guy in their right mind wants to do that? Like, the the amount of peer pressure that has to occur for guys to do that kind of stuff, like, or, I mean, maybe they like it, I guess, but. I think I would say, then, for a younger audience. Don't be so impressionable. Be your own thinker. (laughs) Quit following what other people got to say and do. And, you know, um, don't be, for me, I don't really, I'm not much of a partier. I would say not to, but uh, I know some people do, but uh, keep it in perspective uh, and understand. Oh, yeah. Don't, Don't be acting wild. I mean, if there was advice, I'm going to ask each one of you, Austin, if there was an advice you would give to someone who wants to start off in college or is in college, what is that one piece of advice you would offer? Uh, What I would offer is meet and make friends with as many people as you can. Like, even, like, you know, I know you just said you wouldn't go to parties. For me... Parties was like the opportunity you didn't because thing is, is if you go to it, that doesn't mean that you have to partake in what is going on at the party. You can just go around and talk to people and it's just as fun as if you, know, you were to go crazy. But just meeting people and getting to know people and understanding like people's backgrounds and stuff and just making those connections makes a huge difference because I mean, the more people you know, the better. It can't hurt to know more people. Like, like it can only help you. Um, I mean, I guess unless you make friends with a murderer and he decides to murder you, I guess that would be bad. But, <laughs> but, uh, but I mean, for the most part, you're 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 doing pretty good if you just just meet as many people as you can, uh, get to know them, make an impression on them, and so you'll be good. Uh, what about uh, you, Junior? What's one piece of advice you'd offer for someone either going to start college or is in college? I don't know, man, because I don't know. I didn't really go out to make friends with people. I kind of just went, worked after, um, pretty much went to do my thing. <laughs> I didn't really care about meeting people or anything. just wanted my degree in hop out <laughs> <laughs> anything like towards your degree or whatever that helped you that you wish you would have known um uh, no i don't think so okay maybe don't be intimidated by the fact that like i know when i was in some early on classes that a lot of kids would be like 
oh yeah, I already did C plus plus coding when I was in high school, or they just talk about all the different stuff they did in high school, and it's just kind of like it does it didn't intimidate me, but it was just kind of like, huh, they must have like a better school, went to a better school or something, got the upper hand here, but then a lot of them didn't typically end up doing better in those classes. <laughs> oh, half those classes that people would take like a C plus plus class or like uh, when I was in the accounting classes, they would be like, Oh yeah, I took accounting classes in high school, bro. High school classes are nothing like college classes. You simply come in like, it's going to be a breeze. And two weeks in, they'd be like, I'm failing. And I don't know why. Oh, maybe you haven't opened your book. Yeah. Like, I think a lot of times people that are very pompous towards what they essentially know are probably not good at what they do. So <laughs> I, I've I've been in that situation too, where you'd have people like, like I took business classes in high school, I, and when I went into college, I wasn't out claiming, "Oh, I already I know all this stuff." Like. I'm too smart, so <laughs> I went in like, what am I going to learn? What's new? <laughs> and mm -hmm. uh, I learned quite a bit. I think my advice towards people would be, I, I, got, I got vices galore. I mean, come on. I think one of mine would definitely be in colleges. Don't be afraid getting into college and expecting that you know you have to know what you want to do for the rest of your life. I would suggest, right, it's definitely important to try and figure that out before you choose a college. But even while you're in college, sometimes you're going to want to make a change. Um, I know several people that were in college that changed midway through college and were able to transfer the credits and everything to a degree of their choice. And another, I guess, a piece of advice I'd give to college students out there is don't put too many uh, classes on your plate if you can't handle it. Put what you can handle. If you can't handle four classes, then I would suggest going with the four classes. If you can handle five, then yeah, sure, why not? But if even four is too much, don't be afraid to reduce to three. Yeah, it's going to take longer to graduate, but I think college anyway you're supposed to retain a lot of the information that you get as well as um you know you're, you're supposed to if you want to do good right i i think you got to give yourself that chance to do good don't overload yourself and then my my final piece of advice would probably be um See, because Osti already covered networking, and I, I agree with that piece of advice. Um, hmm. I'd probably say don't graduate expecting you're going to know everything, too. I think people graduate with this expectation that they're like, okay, well, I'm going to remember everything, <laughs> and I'm going to do, like, I'm going to get into my career and, you know, not be afraid but that's oh, yeah. not too much the case. I talked to a lot of industry professionals, uh, producers working on high-end films and crazy films, and a lot of them say that they've graduated, but they didn't know what they were doing. Like, they were freaked out because there's no experience like, you know, real-world experience. Um, yeah. Yeah. Completely agree. But with, That's how I was. I mean, yeah. whenever I started, I... Uh, I uh, 
I mean, I had a. When you graduate, you have a basic knowledge of what your field is about, and that's pretty much it. I mean, college, to me, in my opinion, I think it's not necessarily about what you learn about your classes that will decide whether you're good or not at what you do. It's just learning the skills to help yourself try to retain information because you're not going to retain everything that you uh, that you you learned in college. But if you like get those skills and you build all these skills that you need and working hard and all that stuff, once you get your job, then you learn what you're actually doing. And uh, you'll have the skills already in place, you know, working hard, you know, not procrastinating on your work, stuff like that. That's what that's what college is about. I, I think a lot of times people that once you're done with college, like you said, that you're just going to know everything about your field you're going to just be the greatest person ever at it. And you're just going to go in and you should make uh, as much money as some guy that doesn't have a degree in it. Who's been working there for 15 years. It's like, no, not how it works. You, you, there's nothing like learning the job. There's no substitute for learning the job than actually doing it. Yeah. I feel like college is more like showing that you could learn that stuff because you're going to hop into that field. So, at least you have this, you know, this degree showing like, yeah, I could, I'm able to learn this relevant information, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and uh, I had one more. I, while you were talking, Justin, I thought of one more piece of advice that really helped me is like, uh, I don't, people don't realize it, but you don't have to take your gen eds like all at once. I know a lot of kids make the mistake of doing that. Yeah. What I would highly recommend is spreading them out throughout all however many years you know the normal is four uh but spread them out through those four years because what i ended up doing and really helped me a lot in terms of my gpa and allowed me to also have fun while being graduating on time was just making i would take like two hard classes yep and then like three or four classes that were like easy to medium uh like and, and then what ended up happening is I ran out of hard classes. And so my senior year was like one hard class or super duper easy classes for both semesters. So I could like go out and have fun. And like that also, I mean, it allows you to like go out and you can still do stuff. You can still have fun. You can still hang out with friends. You can still have a normal life while also going to college. Uh, and it also keeps you from dressing to the point where you make yourself sick too. Yeah, I, I agree with that one. I've I've seen a lot of people who just save all of their like hardcore classes or gen ed classes as well, and just take them all in one semester. I'm like, what are you doing? Trying to kill yourself? <laughs> like, just freaking! I I do the same way where I do too hard, too easy. Like it would be something like that, or like you're saying. Um, so I I agree with that piece of advice as well that's a very good advice and it's also good advice junior i mean take it from these guys right they're graduated they're in their field um and uh yeah i think that was very informative yeah let me ask you one more question justin so we we were kind of commuters with school do you feel like you would have did better if you actually went away uh no (laughs) i i think uh commuting honestly to me didn't really have a 
it's not too big of an issue. Like, yeah, it's about two to four hours of wasted time, essentially. But I think, yeah, I don't know, it wasn't too bad for me. Because, like, right, like, I get in my car, I drive to the train station, take the train all the way to school, and then I have to walk to my classes. I think being in, if I was, like, in the dorms, it wouldn't have really changed much. I think what it would have been is like, wow, like I get to experience this freedom and stuff like that and get to hang out with the, uh, I don't know, you have this weird sort of, I probably sense of freedom, but at the end of the day, I don't think it would have really changed much. Well, that's you're also in Chicago, but say you were in maybe three hours away. Yeah, well, then that I would say probably... I would suggest being on campus if you could because that's three hours of, like, study time or homework time. But I'm saying as far as, like, you don't think that would have pushed you to do a little bit better? Because for me, I feel like if I actually did go away to college, I probably would have been more focused on my work and not have slacked as much as I did. Well, it could be, like, 50-50. I mean, for me, the reason what drives me to what pushes me to try and do really good in college is, I mean, the factor that, right, financially, currently, not in the best place. <laughs> We're what is known as working poor. <laughs> and mm-hmm. um, that, and given the factor of my life always having some sort of uh, understanding that we've always been poor and not medium class or even close to wealthy has been something that actually had driven me to always try in college. So that's why I get like A's and B's is because like I, I understand the gravity of my education and having to study. So that's why if it was close or far, because even when I was in Ivy tech, that was like even closer than Chicago. Um, I was still pulling out the same same grades. Uh, I don't know. I guess for some people that could be the case, though. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I did my best to stay, uh, try to stay straight A's, but, you know, if a B crept in there, I wasn't too mad about it. But I don't I know. Mean, I think if I really went away and, like, was in my element, I probably could have did a lot better, maybe. Hey, you're God, slacking off. Cores. You're slacking off is one uh, B. Like, come on, <laughs> you'd still do pretty good. I mean, <laughs> I think I was just naturally a good test taker, so I think that helps. You were always also you have a good, I think, Skill. memory for the most part as well, right? Like, oh, it's gone to shit recently, but yeah, <laughs> I did have a good memory. I feel the exact same way. I I had a really good memory, and it's just slowly falling apart. Sometimes with uh college and what like education in general can be um very measured by is actually your memory more than anything else because the more you can retain um the better right like cuz you can remember like uh how to solve certain equations i think for me uh my issue is like especially when it comes to math it's it's hard for me to retain like, I legit can learn something, and then the next day, I'll forget what I learned. Like, for math, it's just very difficult for me to retain. But, like, 
uh, business, for example, um, I will preface this by saying I don't ever take notes in college nor study. <laughs> um, which is, I would probably be straight A's if I pushed myself enough to do that. Um, it, 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 but not to say that I'm not trying. It's just that pushing myself to do that, sometimes putting that sort of um, pressure on myself adds too much stress and I actually end up doing a lot worse than what, what I would think. Like if I, if I sit down and I study for a test and I try to memorize everything, there is no way I will pass that test. I will end up freaking out and failing the test. But now, like, if I just, I don't know. And so if I don't put that pressure on myself, I end up retaining the information a little bit more. It's it's weird. I don't know how to explain it. But that's just how I am. Um, <laughs> where, where was that even going? I'm sorry. <laughs> um. Well, if once while well, you gather your thoughts, I I am a huge advocate for uh, like if you can go to a dorm like dorms or whatever, go away. I think it's a really good idea because you learn so many life skills, like how to how to be a normal human human being and not go absolutely nuts. Like you learn what freedom is and the bounds of it, and also like you know you. I think it's better to like have that freedom than go wild and realize like the ramifications like one year in college compared to not ever getting out until after college, moving out of your parents' house or whatever. And then your first time being out on your own, you're in your apartment and you're like not paying your rent and you just tank your credit score and stuff like that. I think that it's a good like obviously not doing good a semester or a year in college will hurt your GPA and stuff, but like it won't, it's not the end of the world. Whereas like not paying all of your bills your first year out of college, like and living on your own, that will like come back to bite you 10 times harder. So it's also like you just learn how to like, I mean, you learn how to cook, you learn how to be a clean person. If you're not already clean, clean enough for your own liking you, know, you learn that uh people aren't going to be as clean as you or are gonna get mad because you're as dirty as you are too like it teaches you a lot of things that like need for later on whenever you're living on your own or living with your girlfriend fiance significant other or whatever so I, I, th I think it teaches you a whole lot I can agree with that. I think, too, it's uh, based on the certain characters, right? I think there are going to be people out there that um, could probably are, aren't as responsible, right, and just act all willy-nilly. But, um, no, I, I agree with your still, your, your piece of advice, and uh, I hope these advices help people that are currently in college or are going to go to college or are starting off college, ending college as well. Um, but with that said, we're 20 minutes over time. <laughs> so we're going to throw this over to a quick break. Uh, we'll be right back after a word of, from our sponsors. So enjoy. I often find myself wondering, what's next? What lies ahead? Where do I go? 
how far will I go? We often think about tomorrow, but what's the point? What's the point of not looking at what we have in front of us? Why not look to the present and be grateful? Why do you run from today? What difference does it make if everything you have today can be gone tomorrow? So I urge you, live for today. Search EBXYA on Amazon today to get all of your XLR cable needs. Link in the description. And we're back from that word from our sponsors. I hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, as usual, guys, all of the freaking sponsors are linked in the description. And if I were you, I would check them out. We have a lot of interesting stuff to talk about uh, around the next episodes uh, in regards to our sponsors. So uh, that's going to be fun. Keep an ear out. Uh, but with that said, please follow us on all of our platforms, SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and and YouTube, of course. Uh, follow us, subscribe to us if you're on YouTube, and hit that notification bell. Because, uh, yeah, I want to have our own URL. <laughs> we need 100 subscribers to do so, and uh, we know you guys are listening. All right? We got 300-something listeners that are continuously coming back pretty often. So it's like, uh, hit that subscribe button. It's free. You can't go wrong. Um, and also follow us over on our social media. That link is also going to be in the description. It's as simple as you click description. The link tree is right there, and it takes you to all of our available platforms, including our social media. Uh, but with that said, let's get right into topics, because um, there's something very interesting that uh, we kind of have to get into Right. Last time, last episode, I had kind of a rant uh, with my review on Cyberpunk. It was a bit of a rant. I was disappointed. Well, they're under a lot more fire. CD Projekt Red has recently offered um, refunds for the game Cyberpunk 2077 uh, for all available platforms, both uh, PC. Um, Xbox and PS4, those especially, just because of all of the absolute the the bug fest that the game has been recently, and the unfortunate uh, resolutions that is, and just the pr poor performance for the Xbox One and um, PS4. So they're offering those refunds. So that's very big. And uh, in that sort, it gets deeper than that. In that statement that they released, they also stated that they should have done a better job sending out review copies for the Xbox One and PS4, which kind of gets into my next point here and was very sad slash shady of CD Projekt Red to do was they did not give any of the the these reviewers a copy on Xbox One or PS4. They literally just gave them PC because they knew PC worked the best. And um, I think that's 
very unfortunate. That's something that they shouldn't have done. I I find that kind of bit uh, slimy to do. I, I, I they should have given their um, review copy, given them review copies for consoles because. Listen, I know you're trying to sell a game, but if you know it's that bad, then you shouldn't even release it on uh, Xbox One or PS4. But with that said, too, people have been gathering. So one of the one of the, my points last time was there was a lot of things that they didn't add in the video game, and uh, there's a Reddit page of which I'm going to link. Um, in the, I'm going to link in, in in the in the description down below so you guys can look at this with me. Um, but there's a Reddit page that literally has a list of everything CD Red promised would be in the game, but that they didn't put in the game or they failed to do. So I'm gonna read some of these things off. Uh, and this is a very long list, so I won't go through all of it. Um, but, like, one of the features that they promised was going to be in the game... Oh, by the way, the Reddit page also links to other articles of them talking about uh, these certain features. Um, I also put it in the uh, notes if you guys want to check that out as well. So, okay, so... One of the features that were promised was amazing AI that uh, directs enemies during combat slash patrol, but also uh, citizen uh, NPCs daily life. So it was supposed to be like a lot of a uh, better integration. Like it, that was one of the things that I uh, was describing last time was that the NPCs were promised to be these very interactable sort of uh people and it was supposed to feel a very much alive when in reality the game felt kind of dead and it was something that we've seen before um their wanted system and corrupt police so another thing that was promised as well was this system where if you were wanted like um it was it wasn't going to be like just gta right where you get a couple of stars on you and you're trying to run away from the stars. It was supposed to be a little bit more complex than that. And there was also su supposed to be uh, corrupt police, like where they would be trying to kill you essentially and or like you could fight like this sort of police crew that is taking money or dealing money under the table sort of thing. That was not in the game. Immersive uh, police involvement changing with the area where you commit the crime was something that was also promised, not delivered. And the list goes on and on. I'm trying to like pick up some of the stuff that's like very quick, so I'm not having you guys sit here for too long. Uh, NPCs' unique daily routine again, supposed to see, supposed to be super innovative. Um, quest decisions will have will have uh, relevancy in the world. Now, that was something that CD Projekt Red kept pushing was going to be in the game. And a lot of the quest decisions that you make, and this is actually something that's very basic to RPG games. Like, uh, again, the game for Mass Effect, 
I can make a decision in Mass Effect 1, and that decision will affect the whole storyline of Mass Effect 2. So, but in regards to this game, it the quests don't have any sort of bearing on the story uh, as much as they promised. Um, so that's kind of ridiculous. Uh, let's see, incredible character customization um, during creation and in-game. So the, this is what I was talking about with Tyler. Is like, yeah, right, they had certain genitalia of the, uh, how would you say, of the sexes. But they did not have, like, genuine, like, I don't know, like, sculptable sort of customization that hasn't been seen before. They were very basic with their customization um, abilities. And, well, uh, during the game, as far as I'm aware, you're not able to change your character's appearance yet again. Yet in somewhere like GTA or... Any other RPG game, a lot of times you're allowed to adjust your character's appearance. Um, let's see. The use of drones. Uh, oh, and their hacking systems was another thing. They promised was going to be a lot more fluid. And it was supposed to be a lot more unique than what they had. Um, again, adding on to previous point, life paths were not, um, not really being... They're, they're very... They're supposed to be non-linear, but instead they are very linear uh, sets of gameplay. Um, Let's see what else. I want to pick something. Oh, the changing of uh, weather systems that would pose a threat to your survival. So apparently that was something that they were talking about. That one I'm not uh, quite aware about, but... That was something that was also promised. So you have this huge list of, and one of the other points that they added, a polished game and smooth experience. So I was skipping around. Oh, weapon customization, uh, vehicle customization was another thing. Um, let's see. Oh, and then four different styles that clearly highlighted... Uh, that you can adhere to and will make NPCs react to it. Okay, so I jumped around with all the these promises, and like I said, uh, please check out the link in the description uh, for this article because you guys can read a little bit more in depth the long page of stuff that they promise that is not in the game, and uh, updates will continue on this Reddit page. Uh, for this game as well as for missing features so i'm just in, in that regard i'm just very disappointed with how cd project released the game how they hid the imperfection the imperfections of the game and how they overpromised i think if cd project red did not make these promises and sort of made it as goals of theirs to say that we're going to try to develop, I would have had a little bit more sympathy towards them. Um, but they didn't deliver on that. Nothing that they said they wanted to do did they ever, or that they were going to do, not wanted, but going to do, they did not deliver. And I think this uh, poses a question for me, is how, in, 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 that I want to ask you guys as well. 
Um, recently, because of this whole thing, this has me like going down memory lane, and I'm starting to get tired of where there's there's a lot of games being released that are unfinished unfinished games that are being finished in their development like later like you have to wait for the updates to and it's not bugs it's like you have to wait for the update for more content in the game or more stuff so how do you guys feel about that uh with video games now with us being delivered unfinished projects um for me i i mean me and justin are a little bit different uh i don't know if you guys probably could tell from our last uh podcast about this i'm not necessarily upset if there's like certain things missing at whenever you first get the game so like for example like when gta 5 first launched back in like 20 what 2013 12 it was missing uh, multiplayer completely when it first came out and they told us advance which i think is what definitely helps with like the sourness is that they told us like hey gta online's not going to be out for like the first couple weeks and we're going to have a few issues here and there and like i'm fine with um there being a few things missing like with gta that missing like looking at this list like i think that if you look at one thing like everything on this list for the most part there's some things like absolutely definitely there's a big problem with but like some of the things like for example like the car customization like if it's not out at launch it's not as big of a deal it's like something you could put out in a batch you know second week it's out or something like that that's not a big deal but like some of this stuff like uh oh what was it that i saw um the uh the amazing ai like that's not something you really can patch that's something that should be out on day one you know like you it's going to ruin the experience for somebody if the ai is trash whenever they play the story mode of the game or they through the story i don't i don't play these type this game so i don't know what it is post game like i don't know if you're in the same environment but either way it's still going to be like such a different experience and story to post game if like you finish the game and they put out a patch like me it looks like what they did is they were so vague with what is going to be better about this game that they got themselves in a lot of trouble like one of the things that i looked at it's like an immersive police, inv- immersive police involvement, changing with the area where you committed the crime. Like, what does that really mean? Like, for some people, that can mean like. So for me, like the first thing I think of is like, okay, the cops in that area, like, hey, you're if it's like a GTA style, like your wanted level goes away, but the cops in that area are like, still like kind of like looking for you so if you do any slight thing you're instantly gonna get stars you know so like i think i think like really got them in trouble on this is that there's just so much and there's like three or four things that like no matter what should have been there on launch day um in terms of like just games in general as long as it's not something that's like so integral to the game like 
an RPG, you cannot be missing like AI stuff. Like, yeah, that's got to be in the game day one. Like, you can't. Like, that's not something like you could you could add later on. You could add like vehicle customization, uh, more character customization options. Um, you could add like more side quests, stuff like that. You know, the basic stuff. This game in particular, like, they just they just simply overpromised and generalized those promises, and I think that's what made people so upset. Because, like, I don't, I don't know. I'll pose this question to you, Justin. So, if if somebody if somebody comes up to you and says, uh, "This game is going to have." An immersive police involvement. Like, what does that mean to you? Because, like, I told you what it means to me, but what does it mean to you? That, to me, <clears throat> definitely means, like, a lot more than what GTA would be, right? So, like, it would be, for me to be this sort of uh, immersive police involvement that changes within the area is, like, maybe there's cops looking for you in a certain area, but mm-hmm. when you travel to, like, let's say you go from one town to the next town, <clears throat> you, you're not having those cops, like, looking for you. Um, mm-hmm. And it's similar to, uh, how would you say, I think Red Dead Redemption 2 yeah. was a game that sort of developed uh, a, a scenario like that, where in certain counties or, like, sections of it, it's going to be you're not going to be wanted, but when you go back in that se- another section, your poster is going to be up there, and you're going to be wanted. And I yeah. think that would have been right. It's something that hasn't it has been done before and could be done before. And I think with the game with developers like CD Projekt Red, I would that's why I had I had such a high expectation for them because they're. I, I even <clears throat> will go as far to say, and excuse me, um, that they are better than Rockstar, especially with the single-player experience. <clears throat> I would agree. With, with single-player experience, yeah. I Because th- Rockstar really, except for Red Dead, Red Dead, they I think they really focus on the story. But like GTA... It's more of, especially with five, it became more of like the story. What is an afterthought? I mean, there's story in the multiplayer, but um, story was an afterthought. This game is literally an RPG, and so the story should be like really good. It's just I me. Mean, it's it's just wild the amount of things that they promised is. I think what really screwed the pooch for them because they're, I mean, this list is really long. Like, like, holy cow. How are you going to be able to get all of this done? Especially whenever you're already having trouble, you're going to, you're having to upscale all of your graphics because of the new consoles. This is a, this is a cautionary tale of don't over promise and don't generalize those promises because all of these are, for the most part, they're general, general generalized, like meaningful day and night cycle. Like, what does that mean? Uh, like this, the guy who did this Reddit post, he was like, like, you're not more stealthy at night. Like, when I think of like a meaningful day and night cycle, I, me, 
thing that I think of the most whenever I think of that is just Minecraft. Like, Day and night is completely different in that game. And I mean, that's the most basic thing you could that thing out there. It's like you at night, all these things spawn in the day. They don't spawn. It's like there. It's just saying you're going to have a meaningful day and night cycle. Like you need to be more specific when you're talking about these things. They should have been more specific on that. Like, does this mean that at night uh, you're going to see like more of a, I don't play the game, but like maybe, uh, maybe there's like criminals, more criminals out on the streets, you know, people barring their doors. Uh, obviously like there's not as many people out. Um, places are closed. Um, like stuff like that, like bars are open and stuff like it's just interesting. I don't know. Um, it just really, they just really, Almost way too much. Yeah, and I agree to that factor that I wish they that it wouldn't that they wouldn't have promised so much. I think if they didn't make this game to be so like epic, like and I understand right every game you gotta market and be like, oh, it's so great. But I for most games like I haven't seen that crazy promise right where, oh, this is going to be this type of game and whatever. And I I like that people are holding these companies accountable for, or starting to hold them accountable for them releasing a game that's not what they promised. Because, uh, yeah, I know it's just like 60 bucks, right, that you're paying for the game, but developers were getting, there was, they were starting to uh, follow too much in line with the the business individual and business side of things, which is understandable, right? You get, you got to make money. These businesses are producing the game they want that return back, and uh, unfortunately, there are deadlines that they want to set. But I think that it's important for our community of individuals to have this voice and start saying like, no, don't release, don't give us a game that is unfinished because a lot of times, um, or like not what you promise, like you, you be transparent. And I'm, like I said, I'm very proud at the fact that everyone is starting to look at these video games and are pushing towards give us what you said you were going to give us don't give us anything else because like they did that to like games like battlefront 2 and um the fallout 76 was like one of the most recent games that was like that people were disappointed in and um really roasted the developers for um, having to put out a game that just what seemed unfinished, that just wasn't really balanced in any sort of way, and I, th- I, I, I like that, right? I, I, and I hope that future companies understand and are understanding that the transparency and the time that they give their employees to make these games needs to be extended. Um, and transparency needs to be shown because I don't want another cyberpunk on my hands where it's like I'm promised this crazy innovative game and I'm just getting another game. Like if they would have 
marketed it like a game that's going to be really cool and uh, just a regular RPG, I think I wouldn't be as hard or as disappointed um, in the character, like in the um, in the video game. I would have been kind of just happy and excited to get my hands on it. But for mm-hmm. you to promise all this, then I think that's when I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to hold you to that and make sure that this is the best game as possible. Yeah. Well, I mean, you look at that list. So, and now I'm thinking about it. imagine if Grand Theft Auto 5 had campaigned and told us all of the stuff that's currently in the game was going to be at the game in the game at launch and then came out with the game as it was. Like, that's basically what Cyberpunk did is they, they promised promised a game that uh, they promised something that GTA has just now gotten to and the game's been out seven years. I get this has been being made for basically that long. Like, it's just it's just wild how many things they promised and they didn't get done. I mean, some of it, like one of the one of the things on this article, I I think is very subjective. It, it says uh, strong RPG elements, and I th- and I think that one, from what I've like looked at, you know, TikTok. It's all over TikTok. It's all over Instagram. Reddit. From what I understand, people aren't necessarily upset with the RPG elements of the game. I mean, like, if you just look at what's there, they say that it's good. Problem is, is that some of the stuff that they promised isn't there, and at um, we're just kind of running with it. I think because everything I've seen, like, people are like, "Oh, the RPG set of it is pretty good." It's just that there's some things missing that they told us that they would have, but what's there isn't not awful. I think I think if, like you said, if they had just marketed it correctly, people wouldn't be as upset. I mean, there's some broken things in it. I think the graphics would have gotten them, in, graphics especially would have gotten them in a little bit of trouble. If they had just promised what they had, I don't think that they would be in as much trouble as they are. Um, but, uh. Speaking on trouble, Justin, I recently I was on Twitter and I read something about how apparently the developers and the execs of CD Project Red are kind of going at it a little bit. And the developers are pushing back, saying that a lot of the issues that are in the game are caused because of develop the executives like pushing for the game to come out early earlier than it should be. I also heard like a lot of the uh, review copy stuff is part of the execs issue. Um, it's like, I mean, this is, it's really gotten ugly. Really? Um, I don't know. If you, you know yeah. It's like, I was, uh, there's a guy I watch on YouTube, like our RG 82 or something like that. He was talking about it, and these, I guess, these developers, because you know, everybody's kind of common thing is everybody craps on the developers, and in a lot of cases, it's it's not the developers' fault necessarily; it's the people behind them that are pushing them to get these things done, and they end up releasing things that aren't ready. And like, I mean, these developers don't get to say when the game releases; they can only tell them, "Hey, we can't, re- we shouldn't release this game for another year." Um, 
and I it like there's a lot of things going on. I'm gonna see if I can find that again. I, like they, they were saying they needed more time. They the PC only um, review copies was because of the executives because the developers told the executives that it the console versions of the game were very unpolished. So instead of sending out copies as is and getting the feedback, they were, I mean, they knew they were going to get feedback about the graphics, but it's still very important to send out those because there might've been some of the issues, some of the bugs, like the wall bugs would have been fixed. And the executives knowing that the game was broken in the console version and just showed the PC version. To me, that's the biggest crime of them all is like knowing it's broken and trying to hide it. Um, but I'm going to look this up real quick. But what it, what it, what do you if this is actually true, if these execs and if all of the, a lot of this falls on the execs, what do you what is your feeling on that, Justin? Well, I mean, I still so I mean, it's like it, as I was saying, like stating previously, it's like I'm still sort of uh, disappointed in that that factor where and I and I still believe that um right uh individuals still need to be this is like an outrage i can get behind uh for video games and stuff like that because this is sort of like a pushback to companies and saying like we will not accept a game if it's not um properly finished or if it's not what you promised like when it comes to the 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 game that pops into my mind is when EA was releasing Battlefield Five, they had this just crazy um, developer, or not developer. So like they they had this crazy like marketing scheme, and and they were trying to market it in this particular way, like where it was like geared towards women, but it was like empowering. It was like this weird um, take that they were trying to make and people kind of like caught on they're like well like why are you taking that angle feels like you're trying to take advantage and just doesn't make sense and anyway the game was not what they wanted and that game failed like hard <laughs> it failed mm -hmm. so beyond just far and just down that I don't he ever hear anything about Battlefield 5. I hear a lot about Battlefield 1, but I don't hear a lot mm -hmm. about Battlefield 5, and they haven't been... Uh, notice they haven't been pushing to develop another Battlefield game anytime recently. So I think people need these to have this voice. It's, it's another thing is when elect, uh, EA was working on the Battlefront 2 game... As I stated, there was a lot of stuff that they needed to fix and add where it was just pretty much a bare, unfinished game that they added, and the game ended up being amazing afterward. But one of the things that they were doing were the microtransactions and loot boxes um, that was that people were kind of getting tired of because this loot box system is essentially gambling, and they don't like it. Um, and they took that out the game. So I... I'm happy that people are having their voice and I think that they can need to continue to do so. 
I, and I think like the loot box thing, like I think this cyberpunk thing is like in its own category in itself. Cause like the loot box thing with battlefield battlefront two, like that was just, I mean, that's another case of executives just trying to make a cash cow. Um, and like, that's something that it, it didn't break the game itself. It was just like, why are you making me pay for all of this stuff? You know, type of thing. Why do, why can't I just buy it outright? Like I want, I want this character skin. Why can't I just buy the skin? Why do I have to keep rolling this plot machine basically to get it? Like, like this, is, this is just like a whole different thing. Um, this, I sent you guys this article, but this article on IGN uh, says that, developers that were working on the game like apparently confronted leadership teams over the issues and like the crunch time of the game's launch and uh that they've been frustrated and angry and have been questioning management as to why they uh made these unrealistic deadlines um and this is like just recent stuff because i'm i'm sure it's hard as a as a developer, I'm sure it's hard to uh, you can push back for so much, but it's I'm sure it's really difficult to just straight up go out and question these executives because at the end of the day, you know, they hold your job in the palm of their hand. And so now that this launch has gotten such a bad, like it's been so bad, it's, I think it's going to end up becoming a really good thing because this developer CD project red is going to end up getting gaining a lot more power back that these management people had taken and are going to hopefully they're going to fix cyberpunk and they will be able to relaunch it in like a couple years or whatever and it'll be the game that everybody was promised but like i mean this article just goes into detail about how many things uh uh, that were brought up to these management people that just basically ignored. They didn't care. Yeah, they were, I, we're, we just wanted money. I, I basically I've just had a lack of uh, enthusiasm to play the game. Like I haven't touched it since. Like I just I was that disappointed where I would rather play Call of Duty and. <laughs> You know, then hop on this new, brand new, crazy experience because uh, I'm just that disappointed. I don't know, Junior. What's your take on on this as well? Like, what what do you feel about what's happening in this uh, video game industry? Um, I'm glad I pretty much stopped playing video games. <laughs> <laughs> Are you? Yeah. Uh, are you like uh i don't know do you feel the same way towards how people are outraged or well, are you more sympathetic it's it's kind of weird to, not weird but it's kind of messed up to promise something but not deliver what you promised you know yeah what would i think what would be a game all right just now because i'm just curious but if there were to be a game, what would be... Okay, hold on, sorry. Let me word this. I'm trying to think of my brain. What would be the game that would bring <laughs> you back to gaming? What would that look like? Uh, Well, you remember last time it was supposed to be Gears of War, and it didn't. Oh, I don't think there's a game at this point. <laughs> really? We're, 
was was uh i'm just kind of curious was it because the game wasn't good or was it just you've fallen out of love of gaming just fallen out of love because that was like gears of war was my favorite game and then i did probably played like gotcha. 20 minutes of that game and then i i pretty much stopped it i played warzone for a yeah. little bit but that was just kind of eh. that's just something you do with friends okay. you know so mm-hmm. like for Gears of War, which Gears of War did you lightly play? Was it uh, Gears Five or Four? Yeah, whatever the latest one was. Oh, Five, really? Yeah, I, I've supposed. I, I was just curious because of that I was thinking about. It, I was like, because Gears Five was like everybody likes Gears Five, so I was curious. I was like, did you not like it? Um, <laughs> I don't have like. Can't tell you if I liked it or hated it. <laughs> uh, that's what I wanted to ask because I was like, wow. Because a lot of people I under- know that like kind of fell out of love of just like the Gears franchise in general. Gears 5 kind of pulled them back, you know. I'm uh, saying so just fall, fell out of love with gaming in general. Mm-hmm. F's in the chat uh, for everyone in the yeah. comments. <laughs> we need to pay our respect to our former gaming boy. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we will have this. Um, I'm also going to link the article that Austin has uh, provided because I think it's uh, fairly interesting reads for you guys to sort of get into. I know normally we don't uh, link our link our information but you know we're we're gonna i think drop that in the descriptions for that so you guys can be educated on what's essentially happening uh with these uh video games but with that said we're running a little bit over time so uh we're going to um we're going to cut to a quick uh word from our sponsors and then we're going to get into some christmas talk uh, and then let you guys go shortly. So you guys uh, enjoy this word from our sponsor. Adam Stone, a unique and talented artist hitting the alternative rock scene. Listen to him as he jams his way into becoming a new hit artist. Listen to Adam Stone singles for free on Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. You can follow your favorite ghost, Adam Stone, on Instagram and Facebook. Link in the description. And we're back from that word from our sponsors. Uh, again, link in the description. I mean, do I have to even say it again? <laughs> but thank you to our sponsors, by the way, uh, and a happy holidays to them as well. And with with it, with the happy holidays uh, coming up and uh, Christmas shopping. Oh, Christmas shopping. Do I have to talk about Christmas shopping? Do you guys like Christmas shopping? I'll start there first. Um, I think I used to. 
you used to like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, that's going to be uh, <laughs> used to is the key word that's going to be interesting. What about you, Austin? I actually like it more now than I used to because now I can actually get people the gifts that I wanted, whereas before I, you know, was not in a financial situation where I could buy what I wanted for people. I kind of uh, like it more now. I think I. I'm not, I've never, I don't like Christmas shopping, okay? I just, I've never, I, I never could and I never will, I think, like it. And it's not because, like, right, getting gifts for others. Like, I like getting gifts for others, sure, I guess. I just don't know what to get. <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not a good gift giver whatsoever. I'm not going to even lie, like. I'm not good at hiding what I want to give the person either. Like if I bought something for my family or, you know, something like that, like I want to give them that gift right then and there. Like that's it. Um, I don't, I hate the waiting. Like it's just, it's annoying. I'm like, I'm, I have it. Here you go. The end. <laughs> um, but also it, it's, like, I don't know. I don't know how to know what people want besides, like, asking them, like, hey, what do you want? Like, because, right, isn't it supposed to be a surprise? So I find it weird asking the person, hey, what do you want for Christmas? Like, it just feels weird to me. I'm more or less like, uh, hey, um, uh, I, here's, I heard you like this, so here you go. But instead, I don't know. I'm just horrible. I'm horrible at uh, gift giving. Uh, Junior, what 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 changed for you? Because you said you used to. Like I think it. it goes along with my memory not being the same. So now it's like hard to think of like, man, what's a good Christmas present to get them? Because I feel like I was pretty good at like figuring out what to get people, but now it's just kind of like, ugh, I don't know anymore. Yeah, it's too mm -hmm. tough. It's too tough. And also, you said you started liking Christmas shopping because now you have more of the means to afford Christmas gifts. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely nice because I, I, I feel like I can get people the gifts that I, in my opinion, they deserve because of like, how it's not like a, Oh, they've been a good person this year. It's like, how have they affected my life this year? And I mean, this has been a big year for my personal growth in a lot of ways. And so like, a lot of people have helped me on that journey. So like Christmas is kind of like a pool for me to get back a little bit and spend a little extra and let them all know that I really appreciate them and stuff. Um, so it's, it, it just makes me feel, it makes me feel good. Yeah, well, That's how I feel. I just feel good. Giving does feel fantastic. Like giving gifts and stuff. I, I do have to admit, it's nice to see their, um, faces i remember one year i got my cousins and my family and uh it was when i was working and i was able to get all these people gifts and to see like their faces for what i got them was it was pretty cool but i knew what i was gonna get them like <laughs> like, no. like it was easier for me and now i'm just like i uh what do you want best, how do you best want feeling it? definitely if you when you get somebody the gift that they've like really wanted all year and you get it for them and to see their face like uh for me the greatest gift experience i've ever had was uh in 2015 my 
my grandpa, my mom's dad, unfortunately passed away. And he had a tradition where every year at Christmas would buy my mom a new pair of like tennis shoes, you know, it's a super simple thing. Well, obviously with him being gone, you know, that's like, he was like bummed out that that wasn't going to happen. And so I decided I was going to buy her, her shoes. And on the, on the little wrapping thing, I wrote that it was, it was from me. And then I put in parentheses, uh, uh, Papa, uh, her dad. And it was, it was really, it was a, it was like a changing experience for me. Cause I was like, you don't realize how much a gift will affect somebody until you give somebody something like that. Cause like, it was a big deal, I guess. And, uh, it's wild. Like it just makes you feel good. I don't know. It just makes you feel really good. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It definitely yeah. does make you feel good. Um, Junior, have you ever had a gift experience where, uh, you had a good reaction or that you remember was your most favorite, um, that I got, not that you got. We could probably get into that though. But uh, I'm talking about like that you gave. Huh. That's a tough one to think back on. I feel like last year I was pretty good. I got most of my family like a pretty good gift. Yeah, that had them just like uh, smiling ear to ear. Yeah. One of I, I when I think back at gifts like that I gave that made someone smile a lot uh my aunt has had this boyfriend and i mean he's a family friend as well and uh it was the year the cubs won the world series and i was working at uh kohl's at the time so it was like a retail store and um i was able to get uh him because uh, I knew he was like a huge fan of the Cubs for a while or whatever, and he was talking about how he wanted a a nice like hoodie and like a hat or whatever, and like he didn't tell me right, like as in for me to get it or I didn't ask nobody. I just remember hearing him say how he wanted something like that, and I was able to get him uh, a World Series hat and uh a world series sweater and like to see his expression of like how he was like dang man this is one of the best gifts i got i don't even know if i'm gonna wear it i was like what (laughs) but but that was one of my most favorite uh, experiences giving a gift to someone and just sort of seeing their reaction because like i've given my family and, and i i love seeing their reactions too but like him was like a, a very nice uh, unexpected reaction, so I was excited. So mm-hmm. giving definitely it, it's it's food for the soul for sure, um, but also receiving is nice too. So I do want to say what what's a gift that one of your favorite all time gifts as a kid, adult that you've ever received? Austin, you go first. So prob- the gift that like uh, really was awesome is uh, my 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 parents are from my grandparents. My dad's family is from Michigan and my mom's family is from Oklahoma. So we only we don't get to see my dad's parents very often. One year they came down uh, around Christmas time and they bought me 
Uh, I had never had a gaming anything before this. They bought me the a Game Boy Advance SP. It never never realized that I would really be. I watched my mom play games, but I was like, it was nothing that I had really like. Oh, I gotta do it, or watch it, but or gotta play. But they got me that, and they also came down that Christmas and hand delivered that, and then took me out. Uh, shopping or a couple games for it because i got the system but they didn't know what i would want for it and so they took me out shopping and i got i got to buy games and then i uh this was after christmas and then they uh gave the, of course i got to play them and it was like really cool it's like a cool experience it was really awesome and it also led me into like one of my hobbies that i have today it was just just a cool experience them coming and seeing us right after christmas and then the gift itself it was like it was like a combo that i feel like it was awesome that they came and it was also awesome that they ended up leading me into one of my big hobbies in the future i mean that's freaking awesome i i think i'm i'm right along the same lines one of my most favorite gifts that i've ever received because I had a PlayStation 1 my whole life till I was like maybe 9, 10 years old. But until I was, I, I'm trying to remember the age, let's just, let's say 10 years old, I received an Xbox 360, my own game console that I wasn't sharing with my brother that was updated graphics and uh, i was beyond ecstatic to uh, have received that console because um yeah it was my first and it, that's what got in with the games i got with it halo 3 and uh modern warfare and those were some classic. of the best games yeah classic games and they sold me on those franchises for a lifetime uh what about you junior uh, I can't remember how old I was, but I got my first cell phone. I was like, hell yeah, I get to be cool now. You was the cell phone? What, yeah. Do you remember what cell phone it was? It was probably like a Disney mobile or something. Some flip phone. <laughs> a Disney mobile. Dang. Like, uh, if it was a Disney mobile, how old were you? I didn't catch anything if you just said something. Kind of cut out. Oh, uh, if you were a Disney mobile, uh, how how old were you? Uh, I was definitely young, but at that time, you know, I was driving across EC to go to like a different school than the one that was actually in my district. So, yeah, cell phone was pretty helpful. <laughs> <laughs> Came in handy. I mean, that's that's uh, that's cool. Uh, what's what? In, in but if you got to if you think about it another way too, it's like my aunt, she's probably like five years older than me, but you know, seeing her with a cell phone and just everybody in the household having a cell phone, I'm like, Oh, I want one. <laughs> so to me, it was just really cool to finally get one. I mean, that's, but, uh... I mean, I was pretty young, but I mean, anyway, <laughs> uh, I think we're going to be heading out. I hope you guys have a happy or had a happy, freaking happy Jolly, holly, jolly. I can't speak right now, but I hope Holidays, you had a good Christmas. <laughs> and uh, have or or had, depending on when this episode is released. I did forget to mention, guys, we totally forgot to mention, Tyler wasn't in this episode. 
Uh, he he was out. He had a bunch of internet issues, so he couldn't make it in the podcast episode. But that's okay. We'll see you guys in the next one. We might be taking a break for the following week after uh, Christmas uh, because everyone deserves a break on Christmas. But we're hoping we'll have an episode up uh, after that New Year's weekend. So, again, hate to take another break on you guys, but listen, I'm on break as well. So I will have the ability to edit a lot more frequently, okay? But with that said, please leave those comments in the comment section below. We want to read it. We want the community to start talking. Let's start talking. And leave a like. And please subscribe or follow us on the platform that you prefer. And hit that notification bell as well. With that said, we love you. Bye.